Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. We will enter into a time where we have a chance to look at our scripture lesson this morning, which comes from the gospel according to Matthew. I encourage you, if you have a Bible, uh, whether on the internet or phone or a physical hard copy, that you join me in looking at our reading that comes from the gospel of Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 to 34. Listen now to God's holy word. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked the favor of him. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in the kingdom. But Jesus answered him, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left, this is not mine to grant. It is but for those whom, for whom it has been prepared for by my father. When the ten heard this, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it will not be so among you. But whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many." As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. There were two blind men sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd sternly ordered them to be quiet, but they shouted even more loudly, Have mercy on us, Lord, son of David. Jesus stood still and called to them, saying, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. Let us pray. God, we ask that as we have a moment to reflect on scripture, that we are reminded of the ways in which you still move among us. And ask that as your scriptures read and proclaimed that it may speak to us in new and innovative ways as we explore what it means to be a community together with one another in these times. Amen. So there was a <clears throat> there was a book that came to mind as I was thinking about this passage from the gospel according to Matthew. It was a a book, actually more like a series of books, I guess you could say, that's been known to frustrate young and old alike. 
you can guess, of course, what book I'm trying uh, to talk about. <laughs> but I'm, of course, talking about the infamous puzzle books known as Where's Waldo? Martin Hanford, the author and illustrator, thought up the idea after his art director came to him one day and asked him to create a picture where a person with peculiar features would be the main focal point. After some tinkering, Hanford started the series of Where's Waldo? Or, uh, which actually this surprised me, also known as Where's Wally in the UK. <laughs> you wouldn't think that it would be hard to find Waldo in Hanford's illustrations. After all, he seems to be a pretty tall person, wears red and white striped shirts, a hat that's also red and white with a bob on it, and wears glasses. But Hanford throws in a number of different lookalikes, red herrings, and other deceptive tricks to throw you off Waldo's trail. And perhaps even more frustrating than that, is that Waldo has shrunk over the series to the size of only 0.02 square inches in books 4 through 7. If you're curious, that's an area about twice the size of, of a pinhead. Yet, it's interesting then, when we run, when we find Waldo, we run into a problem when we do stumble upon him among the other characters in the crowd. When we see him, when we finally find Waldo, even though he's so small, we ask ourselves, at least I do, why wasn't I able to see him before? Because now I can't see anything else but Waldo. And this is the puzzling question for us. The question that we find in the gospel according to Matthew. Because at first glance, we might assume that the disciples would be the one who would have recognized who Jesus was. But more often, the case was that it was those who we would least expect to understand. They were the ones to understand what role Jesus played in the story of creation. I think the same is true for us as we wrestle with the ongoing complexities of life, the things that we've already been dealing with, in addition now to trying to adapt to these changing realities that seem to fluctuate day to day, hour by hour. And at times, then, we are confident in living out our calling and hope that comes from God. And at other times, that might be a little more difficult. We might have a more difficult time following that shining light, that beacon. In those moments, our self-centeredness, our arrogance, or ignorance keeps us from following. Keeps us from accepting the truth, the light, the grace that comes from those we may have dismissed. Do you know what kind of mindset that I'm talking about? I'm talking about those moments, and I'm sure you can name those moments, when we get so wrapped up in ourselves that we refuse to acknowledge anything, whether it be truth, whether it be grace or compassion or love, we refuse to accept anything from anyone who we don't like in that moment. It's the kind of toxic mentality 
that feasts on our worst traits, that feeds on our own fear and our own grasp for power. It's the kind of mentality that prevents us from letting go and moving on in grace. Perhaps you can think of a moment from this past week where you have neglected or missed the opportunity to hear words of grace and truth from someone else. And I think the great thing about faith is that it's okay if you can name one of those times because that is an essential step for all of us as we figure out what it means to live in a community with one another and to live in a community of faith. Because it is a community that certainly will have growing pains. That will have growing pains. As we see with James and John and the other disciples as they argue. And it is a community that sometimes silences others and loses patience for those that it thinks don't belong there in the first place. But if we can claim those faults as our own and learn from them, that's the important part, learn from them, change how we've been acting, then we will find that we are taking the necessary steps to see the light of God in all those who are around us. And that, my friends, is what I think is the beautiful part of the whole gospel narrative. The beautiful part where God keeps sending women and men, people of all backgrounds and walks of life, into our midst, our presence, to remind us of what is really important. As the disciples bickered back and forth with one another about who was greater than the rest, they forgot what Jesus' ministry was all about in the grand scheme of things. That the first shall be last, and that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve all people, all people, because all are welcomed. In those moments where we act like the disciples, God sometimes, well, I think more than that often, God finds a way to send us a reminder to say, hey, I think you have to take a step back and reassess some things, sort out the priorities in your heart. For the disciples, it took two blind men who were sitting on the side of the road calling out to Jesus because they knew, not the disciples, they knew who Jesus was and what Jesus stood for, a community where all were welcomed and valued. We didn't read this passage this morning, But recall the words of the psalmist who tells us, who reminds us, that we are wonderfully and beautifully made. That we are wonderfully and beautifully made. We don't hear these words enough. We hear lots of words that tear us down, but we don't hear enough of the reminder that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. So may you find reassurance that you are someone who has been wonderfully made, someone who possesses the hope, the light, the grace, and the compassion of God, 
Know that you have been claimed and sealed in God's eternal love. Because we don't hear that enough. And it is my prayer that during this time of, I don't know what you want to call it, whether being on pause or self-quarantine, what have you, it is my prayer that during this time we can reconnect with the life that gives us hope. It is my prayer that during this time, that for the remainder of this season, we will learn to love ourselves more deeply. That we will learn to love each other more deeply and come to appreciate and embrace the things that unite us as a human family. During this time, I encourage you to hit the reset button. While I know that going, while I know that the things outside that are happening around us are certainly concerning, we can use this time to grow as people of faith and as people who believe in the importance of community, whether it be in person or virtual. I know that for some, being home will be lonely, will feel isolated. I know that for some, it may feel like you may be at a point where you can't stand being in the same room with the same people anymore. And of course, I know that for many others, life will continue to look different day by day. So turn off the news. Unplug for a bit. There is plenty of time to catch up on, on the news and what's happening, but you don't need it 24-7. And of course, I mean, unplug after our virtual worship, but of course, not now. And spend time doing something you maybe haven't done in a while. Take a walk. Build that model or replica that's been gathering dust in the closet. Call up that family member or friend you haven't talked to in a while. Because though we find ourselves in a wilderness setting, we are ever more connected to each other and presented with an opportunity to live out the mission and the will of love that became incarnate. So friends, be on the lookout for messengers of God's good news. If you aren't paying attention, then you might miss it. It could be in the glory of a clear day, the songs of the birds, or come from places or people you wouldn't have expected or places or people that you wouldn't have welcomed, or maybe you would have tried to ignore or silence. Take advantage of this time where we hit the pause button. And yes, I, I know I made that joke before, and it wasn't very great, but you know, hit the pause button. Practice graciousness. Practice graciousness. Practice that and practice setting aside our tendencies to want to grab hold to power and selfishness, and don't forget to welcome in the ways in which God reminds us of the hope we have, the hope that we have in one another, the hope that we find within ourselves, the hope that comes from creation, and of course, the hope that we find in Christ. Amen. Thanks again for listening we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.